The Owner's Box is part of the In The Money Podcast Network. You can always log on to inthemoneypodcast.com where you can follow along. You can subscribe to the free newsletter. And not only do you have the Owner's Box, but also shows such as the Players Podcast, JK Plus One, The Matt Bernier Show, Red Board Rewind, Nick Luck Daily, Talk Racing to Me, In the Ring with Acacia Courtney, and Off Track with Maggie. So lots of great things to listen to. Just head over to inthemoneypodcast.com. Welcome to the Owner's Box. Now, here's Billy Koch and Michelle Yu. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Owner's Box. I'm Billy Koch, founder and managing partner of Little Red Feather Racing Club. Joining me, as always, is the hardest working person in horse racing, Michelle Yu. Michelle, welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much. I apologize if this sounds weird, but as I told you before we went on the air, my uh, headphones and my microphone just completely went splat. So you're like going old school, like just on the computer, I'm huh? Just on the computer, old school. Yeah. Actually, now that you said that, hold on, I am st- I'm on my computer too. Wow, look at us. If I can fix that. No, you sound. <laughs> oh yeah, there you go. Yeah. Oh my God, it sounds so much better. I'm sure the people at home will just love it. Um, We have a cool show today. We are going to talk to Patrick O'Keefe, who Michelle was able to reach out to. Michelle, tell us a little bit about Patrick. Uh, Patrick O'Keefe is one of the co-owners of a derby contender in Classic Causeway. So we'll be hearing about him. And he has his racing banner as uh, Kentucky West. Mm-hmm. And believe it or not, he's an Idaho guy. Yes, and now that you say that, I think I've met Patrick before, way back Have in the you? day. Yeah, now that you say Kentucky West, so we'll see if uh, we'll see if it comes to fruition. We'll see what happens. Um, that should be fun, Michelle. But before we do that, we always on this show, always, 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 we do three things of note, and we have some uh, a very big weekend for you coming up. Yes, we have a very good weekend coming up, so want to make note that one of the first things certainly should be the fact that uh, the Dubai World Cup is coming up this very weekend, and we have a ton of U.S. horses, not only in the Dubai World Cup itself, but in the supporting undercard. I think we are very well represented in the Golden Shaheen. I believe we have a horse in the turf sprint, the Alquaz. So, I mean, it's just going to be, I think, a phenomenal evening of racing with lots of U.S. horses to look at. And which of the U.S. horses do you think? Let's just talk Dubai World Cup for a couple seconds. Uh, I know Hot Rod Charlie, Life is Good, um, uh, your favorite horse of Asmussen's that runs Midnight Bourbon. Bourbon. You have uh, Country Grammar. Uh, Which U.S. horse is the most likely winner of the Dubai World Cup? You know, that's such a great question, Billy. Thank you, I mean, Michelle. I love the way that life is good is coming in. And, you know, I, I backed him going into the Pegasus. I, I will have to see if he can carry his devastating early turn of foot, the, the mile and a quarter. And do you think he will? I mean, let's go out on a limb. I'll put you to the test, Michelle. You know that. Uh, I mean, it's, it'll be interesting to see where he draws. I actually think he can get the mile and a quarter, but I want to see where he draws. I think that that could actually be important for him. But if he's just going to the front, what's the difference? Where do you want him to draw? Well, I mean, like, if you... If, he, if he's just going the front, I would just like him to be kind of in the middle. If we're having a full field, which I think it is, 
I just hate to see him on the outside and then have to use a ton and like have say two or three other horses go up and then him have to gun harder. Like I don't think he's a particularly rateable horse. Okay. Right. So yeah, that's I just fair. But I think him, there's a he long. Really needs to be like middle, middle to front. I feel like there's a long turn uh, stretch run to the to the first turn yeah. there, and I think he'll have plenty of time. Obviously, we're doing the show, we're taping the show on a Monday because Michelle's leaving tomorrow, so we don't have the post position draw yet, and that's uh, part of the issue when you do your show early. But um, what kind of chances do you give our friend Bill Strauss, uh, Hot Rod Charlie? Strauss's. I'm, I feel like he's got a really good chance in here too, right? Like the the great thing about him is that the horse has been there forever. So he's acclimated, right? He's a quote unquote local. He's not only got works over the track, he's got a race over the track. He's got races at night, which is a whole new thing for some of these horses. And he obviously has adapted very, very well. We have seen this work with horses like Curlin, who would go over and prepare for the Dubai World Cup months in advance. So he's got like the home court advantage per se. And he's thrown down. The, the, the question mark for me is, is, is he as good as some of the older horses that are coming in? I'm still not entirely sure. Fair points all around. Good luck to all the connections, especially our friend Bill Strauss, who loves getting mentioned on this show um, with Hot Rod Charlie on Saturday. What time is that? It's early in the morning, right? Um, I like don't know. Like right now in Nine. Dubai, it is 1 o'clock in the morning. So right. it's like 11 hours ahead. Okay. Well, right. are the mathematicians out there who understand everything, including daylight savings time, will surely figure out what time the Dubai World Cup will be on Saturday. Michelle, what's point number two? Um, point number two is kind of cool because they actually are having the inaugural Dubai Breeze Up sale. They have 69 two-year-olds on offer, including offspring from Peeping Fawn and Polar River, tons of really great U.S. stallions. Um, so you'll have like familiarity. And I think that you can watch those works and the, the sale starts on Wednesday. And if you're at home and maybe want to buy a horse, like maybe you look that way because you know there's going to be a plane coming back for him. That's, that's, that's absolutely true. Interesting. Will you be and you will be there for the sale? I will. I will just be landing that day. OK, I don't get there till Thursday. All right. OK, what's up? Point number three. And point number three was, is kind of like a multi-part point. Okay, multi-part um, point. 3A. Okay, so it was a, What's 3A? It was Oaklawn. I just want to like asterisk him because that was really cool to get to see him go out with the horses. And he looked fantastic. Yes, Whitmore at Oaklawn was really cool. They named it the Whitmore Stakes. It was very, very – and it was a great race too, by the way. Uh, I actually didn't watch the stakes. <laughs> is that terrible? Um, no, it's not terrible. That's okay. I'm a bad person. I didn't, but I watched Whitmore. <laughs> you're, you're kind of a bad person, but you're not really a bad person. Okay, good. Um, and and I think that just in the whole, uh, like, down south will just be its own one, like, block here. Echo Zulu is not only back on the work tab, but she's back to the races. And she's going to be going postward in the Fairgrounds Oaks. That's exciting. Uh, just so we go back, I just want to let make sure that Bob's Edge won the Whitmore. Thank you. Um, so I just want to let you know. And Tulane Triss was second. Bob's Edge trained by Larry Jones, who, uh, as you know, is one of the best horsemen around. And uh, came from dead last. That's what made it so exciting. I mean, he was absolutely flying. It was really cool. Very cool race. So anyway. Um, okay. Is that it? That is three things of note. I mean, Forbidden Kingdom missed his work for the Sanity Derby with a fever. Brickyard Ride looked awesome, winning the Sensational Star. But none of those are like 
I don't want to say noteworthy, but you know, like can I headlines. can I throw in a a fourth thing of note since we sure. are doing this on Monday? Uh, the Kentucky judge denied Baffert's stay of suspension. Did you read about that? I did. So I think that's big news. I don't, you know, I we like everyone. We've been following around along with uh, this this whole uh, intricate. Uh, judge court, uh, everything. The the the. <laughs> I mean, it's just a disaster. But um, I'm not. I, th- I guess now it's April fourth, and I guess on that day, that's when everything will be decided. Is that kind of how you read into it? Now this is his like last ditch effort. Am I wrong? I think you can go like you can you can keep appealing to higher jurisdictions, right? I think that's what's happening. But I think. I think it's happening here. I'm reading it right now. The ruling by Judge Thomas Wingate of the Franklin County Circuit Court concluded with order to force the suspension to go into effect on April 4th and said that Baffert and his attorneys, quote, may seek emergency relief with the Kentucky Court of Appeals and take any necessary action to comply with the ramifications of the penalties imposed. So um, that's where we're at. We'll know more, I guess, at this time on uh, April 4th. But for right now, I don't know. I get the sense that uh, this thing is happening. I mean, if he if he postpones too long, the bad thing that's going to happen is right now he's concerned it's going to go all the way through Triple Crown, which obviously is a concern. But if he pushes it too long and tries to, like, get it and it still gets taken down, like, it could happen during Delmar. And that's a huge meet during your own, you know, home track. So I think that would be really hard, too. Yeah, I think the whole thing is a disaster for our sport. But Michelle and I have made a pact not to get into the Baffert dealings. That is not the purpose of our show. The purpose of our show is to talk to owners like Patrick O'Keefe. And we're going to get to him right after this. Looking for a good stallion in 2022 for your mare? How about Well, this? yes, I am. I knew you always are, Michelle. But how about this roster at TaylorMade Stallions? Are you ready for this, Michelle? I'm ready. Instagram. Remember him? Oh, yeah. Instilled Regard, grade one winner. Mm-hmm. Uh, Midnight Storm, one of our favorite horses, obviously. Mm-hmm. Mishawish, n- uh, Not This Time, who every time I look up, it seems like Not This Time has a win. Do you agree with that? Yes. He's the, he's the leading second crop. Epicenter this week uh, in a stake on right. Sunday at the fairgrounds. And how about new to TaylorMade in 2022? They have Nick's Go. All he did was win the Breeders' Cup Classic and probably be Horse of the Year. And... I think this is one of your favorite horses, Tacitus. Remember Tacitus? Oh, Tacitus. Yes, you love Tacitus. <laughs> this is all at TaylorMade Stallions. Call Travis White today and get your mare to TaylorMade. Just a reminder that the Ship and Win program is still in effect for Santa Anita Park, a $5,000 bonus for out-of-state horses, plus a 35% purse bonus to the horse's earnings in its initial start. Horses must have made their last start outside California and have not started in California in the last 12 months. First-time starters and stakes horses are not eligible for the program, but do remember we have fantastic winter turf racing. We've got our turf shoot, so now we can write races at five, five and a half, six, six and a half, as well as six. Back here on the owner's box, Michelle has brought us a very special guest today. His name is Patrick O'Keefe. He is one of the owners and the breeder of Classic Causeway, who is on his way to the Kentucky Derby. Patrick, thanks for coming on the show. Well, thank you. Uh, tell us before we get started, and we're going to go all over, uh, all, uh, all, uh, we're going to talk about how, but that's an easier way to say it, uh, classic causeway, but tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about yourself, how you originally got into thoroughbred racing and especially ownership and, and the breeding aspect. Well, 
you know, I've, I've always been a real estate guy. I built a, a country club, a golf, golf country, country club up in Bear Lake. Uh, so, I mean, I, I, it was, uh, I first, you know, out of college, uh, didn't know much about the real estate business, knew less about the real estate business. I did the horse business <laughs> and I, uh, ended up uh, developing this golf country club up here, sold a thousand lots, uh, made way too much money and, uh, and I went crazy. <laughs> uh, later on in my life and uh then a good friend of mine uh, that i grew up with uh wayne call uh, uh gave me a call and said he was uh, coming in from new york he'd been in the third red business he had a, a bunch of licenses he i think it was 10 or 12 licenses owner's licenses and uh did a little uh did mostly buy and sell he did did uh I don't think he really ran horses too much. I may, he may have raced a little bit, but he came up and uh, took a look at uh, the property I had, and uh, he uh, went crazy. He says, uh, "You know, this is this should be a thoroughbred farm," and I I <clears throat> I really didn't know what I wanted to do with it, but uh, I told Wayne that I'd uh, you know I'd uh, take a shot at the business and. Uh, see what happened and uh i told him uh you know uh we would uh, put you know maybe a hundred thousand uh, dollars into the business and uh see what happened and uh i ended up uh, bre- bre- uh, getting a big mare rita rucker uh we went over to uh the uh over to evingston to the uh, uh off-track betting parlor over there and uh we picked out a mare and, uh, it's supposed to, we were going to, uh, we're going to purchase it, uh, in a claiming race and it didn't run. So, uh, I told Wayne to check out and see what happened. And, uh, it came up sore and, uh, we ended up, uh, uh, buying the horse and, uh, Wayne, I was, I was out of town. Wayne called me and told me that the horse is for sale for 95. And I told him, well, I thought we was going to, we only got a hundred and he said, well, it's 9,500. And I said, buy it. <laughs> we bought it and, uh, we end up with, uh, breeding. I end up breeding to Thunder Gulch and, uh, uh, that was Wayne's favorite. Uh, that was Wayne's favorite bloodline. He, he was <clears throat> really loved the Northern dancer bloodline. And, uh, uh we got, uh, looking at Thunder Gulch and, his daddy won two legs of the Triple Crown. He won two legs of the Triple Crown, and uh, his breed was 84,000. So uh, I contacted Ashford way back. This is this was way back a long time ago, and uh, we uh, we got uh, this is around 2000 when I when him and I uh, put this thing together, and uh, we ended up uh, <coughs> getting Private World. And I raised her, and uh, uh, I she I got a beautiful farm out here, and uh, she would uh, I'd drive up to the I'd drive up to the uh, paddock every morning. I checked her checked on her every day, about eight o'clock in the morning, and <clears throat> she'd wait for me. I always had a cube of uh, sugar for her, and she'd see me. Yeah, I'd always park up on top, and she took one look at me, and said. Uh, 
Well, she didn't say anything. She just took a look at me. <laughs> started, started, started running the uh, fence lines every day, every day. As soon as she saw me, she took off running the fence lines. And uh, just unbelievable. I mean, I thought she was going to kill herself. And uh, I... Uh, <laughs> I just raised her and raised her, and uh, and uh, she got I uh, she got uh, she grew up, and uh, in 2005, I guess it was uh, it was uh, September 5th, 2005. I remember the time. <clears throat> I uh, gave her to uh, Bob Hess Jr. I didn't know anybody. Never been. To- in California racing, didn't know so. Went down, met Bob uh, or Bob uh, Hess, and uh, he took he took the he took the filly uh, and uh, and turned it over to uh, Kent DeSermel. And Kent DeSermel started working it with with her. And uh, it's I don't know if his first or second work. Kent got off her and said, "Put her in a stakes race." She went fifty eight. 58 and change, first time she ever did a work. Wow. And uh, it was unbelievable. And uh, so I, uh, I've i got this horse on my hands, and uh, uh, we, uh, uh, he wants to put her in the race, so uh, they put her, they sent her down to uh, Del Mar, and uh, Kent uh, uh, was supposed to ride her, but uh, some of his uh, uh more, you know, the better clients. <laughs> no uh, clients. Different, different, not better, different. <laughs> told, told, told him they wanted him to ride their horse. So uh, uh, Mike Smith got picked it up. Uh, he went in the irons uh, and, and rode her that day. Uh, he told, the story he told me was uh, he came out of the gate, he got hit on the right side, and then tried to move her over and then got hit on the left side. And he was ready to pull her up. He was 16 behind. And she picked it up and, and won the race. Yeah. No actually, way. Yeah. Well, actually, yeah, hold on. It was unbelievable. It hold was unbelievable. on. It was, it was September 5th, 2005. And yeah. you, were, you, were almost, you were almost six to one. It was at Del Mar. And... Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm sure you made some money that day. She was actually, yeah, the the running line was, well, it doesn't say she got bumped around, but she was very wide. She was eighth, fifth, fourth, and she ended up drawing off and winning by a length and a half. So that must have been quite an experience that day. Oh, you know, I never bet on my horses. I never, I, I never, I've, that's been something I've never done. I didn't, <clears throat> I never tried to make money that way with them, but uh I wish I would have. <laughs> I, I think back in time, Patrick, when you said, you know, your friend had said this would be a great farm. How did you go about deciding well, how to structure your farm? And uh, had you uh, had any horse experience before? Yeah. All right, I, I never had. I, I never had any fencing, anything on on it. It was just a. Uh, it was just a couple of hundred acres of beautiful property overlooking Bear Lake, and. Uh, Wayne, <clears throat> Wayne went down and made a manger at the bottom of, of the hill where I used to stand and look, look down at uh, a private world. He went down and made a manger down there. And uh, I put, and we put up a, 
what a, a fence for one paddock, it was, uh, I'd say maybe five acres total. And, uh, and, uh, I told, I told him, you know, I, I really wasn't interested in getting in the business. I, I'd, I'd been pretty successful with my real estate and, uh, I, I had a great golf career going and, uh, he, uh, he drugged me in, he drugged me into it. Uh, and I, I, uh, he said, he, he, I told him, look, I get three, three, four feet of snow up here in the winter time. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, this isn't a good idea. And, uh, he told me, he said, look, Patrick, he says, you got everything in the world you need to raise a great racehorse. You got this great feed, you got weather, kills all the disease. The horse can look down at a 25-mile lake every morning. They'll never worry about worry about water. You got you can drink the water out of the lake. He says. He says the only thing you need is barns, because the only thing that can hurt a horse is wet mm. and cold. And as long as you can get them in a barn, they'll do fantastic. And uh, we get a lot of sunshine. They'll lay out there in that snow and roll around in the sun. Uh, he said, that this is, this is what I've been looking for. I, so he convinced me that that's what I should do. Well, he, so he, he was obviously... We went ahead and do it. <laughs> he was on... back to that, No, he was a smart man, Patrick. He was a smart man. Well, you know, I, I always knew he, he'd spent his life in, around horses and... Uh, you know, he, he knew all the, he, he, he knew a lot of jockeys. He lived with these jockeys back in New York and, uh, he was quite a guy. He looked like a movie star. He's, he's, he was only about five foot, uh, maybe six and a half, but, uh, you know, the guy, everywhere he went, people, uh, people were amazed. Well, that that's what they say. That's, the way he handled himself. Th that's also, Patrick, what they say about Michelle, that she looks like a movie star. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. hey, I just well, want <laughs> to... Patrick O'Keefe joining us here on the Owner's Box. I'm looking, I'm staring at the pedigree for Classic Causeway, and obviously he is out of private world by Giants Causeway. It's pretty amazing, though. You started with A Tale of the Cat earned $5,400, then a misremembered $10,000, then an aptitude $16,000, uh, mineshaft $63,000. Then you went to Giants Causeway, and you got a horse named Rocky Causeway who won, who, who's earned $79,000. Then you go to No Biz Like Show Biz, $98,000. This is like almost like a, a, a horse that keeps getting better and better and better. Each progressive full made more, and all of a sudden you land on Classic Causeway, but at any point, did you decide, did you think about, hey, you know what, this is enough. This, this, this is just not paying off. It's like waking up from a nightmare. <laughs> Why is that? <clears throat> every, every, every big horse, I had, I had Point Gibbon, who was number 300 to win the Kentucky Derby after his race, first race with uh, Mike Smith. He goes to number one to, to win the Kentucky Derby, and he hasn't hasn't even uh, hasn't even won a, gr a graded race. 
I remember that horse. Wait, wait, Patrick. Carla, his Carla Gaines. Yeah, his Carla, name wasn't Carla Point Gaines. Given. His what was his name? It was uh, uh, it was uh, Point Encounter. Yes, and he had all this hype before the race. And in fact, I had a guy that wanted to buy the horse from you. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. I do. I think uh, he brought. I think uh, he actually brought cash to the racetrack. <laughs> No, you can't make this up, Michelle. This horse had all this hype, and then he ran out. He ran awesome. It was an opening day Santa Anita day back, who knows, when was that, Patrick? That was years ago. Yeah, yeah it was, uh, I think, uh, Jimmy used to, knows all about it. Uh, Jimmy 2009? The yeah. 2000, yeah. Probably yeah, around two, then. Two, yeah, that, that would be it. That's amazing. And he, uh, so you said you compared well, Mike, it to waking Mike, Mike, up Mike, from a nightmare. Tell Mike, us about that. Mike, Mike, yeah, it is. Mike Smith uh, told me, he says, uh, when they're in the gate, he's looking down at Union Eyes. And Union Eyes looked up at him and dropped his head. And uh, he said when he went out of the gate, he almost pulled his arms up. He's just oh. shaking his head all the way down the, the track. But he, they, Carla Gaines had him on ESPN. When he was before he even raced. Yep. Just off his works. His works were his races. Yeah, and I mean, that was, was a sister. That was a so, brother to Private World. So that's if you look so in the second dam. Go ahead, Michelle. You, you, yeah. you keep on breeding, and all of a sudden we have Classic Causeway. How did you end up with him at Brian, with, at Brian Lynch's? Um, and <laughs> did he have the similar kind of feeling about him as Private Encounter did? Well, he looks just like him, only uh, bigger. Uh, I, I needed money. I've always this. I've spent a couple of million dollars over the last twenty years trying to get a race, a big horse. I've, all my horses got injured. Uh, uh, I met Bob Baffert. Uh, I bred to Mineshaft. I got this beautiful filly, and uh, and. Uh, and uh, Jimmy the Hack comes up, came up. Jimmy Alden came up to the ranch, and uh, the horse run me out of the paddock all the time. Jimmy uh, uh, told me, he said, this is going to be a big horse. So I, I, I meet Bob Baffert on the, uh, on the uh, elevator going up to the restaurant, and uh, he, he looked at me and says, uh, you know, you, have that, you got that uh, filly, you know, uh, I watched that horse uh, work, and he, he says, "You know, for a little more money, you could have the very best." <laughs> so I, you know, I fiddled around with it. And I gave Bob the horse, and uh, I got that dreaded call at 6 a.m. in the morning that the horse had died of a heart attack. Oh, no. So I lost. I lost. I lost that. I was going to mirror Private World. That was private. Her time was better than Private World's time when she broke her maiden, and that. Wow. So I lose. It's just been one injury after another. So that's our nightmare situation. Years. Yeah, that's so our nightmare. Now we've woken up into a dream with Classic Causeway. It's like the last right. 15 years have finally come together with this horse. So tell us about his breeding and, and having him and well, if you thought he was good from the get-go. Uh, I, you know, I needed money, as usual. <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> So I'm and Jimmy's been a good friend for 15 years, I guess, 10 years, 10, 12 years. Jimmy, I asked Jimmy, I said, God, is there anybody that 
I need to get Private Worlds towards the end of a career. I need somebody to give me some help on uh, raising some money so I can breed this horse correctly. Because, uh, you know, it, it, we're looking at 100000 plus, and I, I don't have the money to breed her. And uh, uh, he said, well, I know this guy, Clark uh, uh, Cooper. <laughs> he says, you know, Patrick, he says, he's, uh, he's different. <laughs> he says, you ain't going to run into anyone like him. He says, but he's got the money, and uh, maybe we could get him to do something. So I'm going up the elevator, and I tap him on the shoulder as I'm going up. I said, Clark, have you ever, you know, I know you gamble on these horses. I said, have you ever thought of owning them? Own part of one. He said, Patrick, I'll never own a or a buy own a horse and i said well you know i get that took care of that <laughs> and then uh, uh at that point at that point you were one for two in elevators right i'm one for two in elevators <laughs> so we we're we go to we go to the track off and on and uh finally jimmy talks him in to uh breeding uh, uh, we did a couple of other horses we didn't do, do too good with, uh, uh, but finally he talks me into doing some breeding, and we uh, we're over at the library, going through the uh, the uh, stallion register, and uh, Jimmy points to uh, uh, points to uh, Giant's Causeway. The daddy, the, yeah, Giant Causeway, the daddy. Yeah. He points to him and says, "You know, this horse is at the end of his career. He was, he was a pretty good horse, and uh, the breed fee, I think the breed fee on him was ninety thousand. I said, well, it's ninety thousand uh, dollars. What do you think, Coop? And Coop said, Hey, whatever you guys want to do, you know. And I said, Well, uh, let's uh, take, let's uh, get hold of Ashford Farm. That's where he's at, and I've been breeding to Ashford." Well, I bred uh, Thunder Gulch to Ashford uh, mm-hmm. with Ashford and, back and in 2000. And was a point given there, too? And, uh, I, yeah, I, point, uh, point given, I don't, I don't, no, point, I think point given was, I can't remember whether point given was there or not. That's okay. It, it's been so long. But anyhow, <clears throat> we, I give, uh, I give him a call and, uh, we uh, we get uh, we get uh, a contract and uh, the rest we, is uh, the, the, the rest and, the uh, rest is history as that's all you had to say the, the rest well, is history. You know I I I forgot about it. If you really want to know the truth, I I never followed him that much because this this thing's been such a horror story. I, everything I ever uh, every good horse I ever bred got hurt. That's you where the nightmare. Died. But look at you now. I mean, so, uh, five five starts. Breaks his maiden at first asking, runs third in the grade one Claiborne, then he runs second in the jo- Kentucky Jockey Club, then he wins the Sam Davis this year in his three-year-old debut. Super impressive again in the Tampa Bay Derby. Now, you've talked about money, that you need money. You have a horse that's one of the favorites for the Kentucky Derby. How how many times have you been approached about selling this horse? Uh, it's amazing. I, I let... Uh, I, I mostly let jimmy handle all that ashford farm would like to have the horse at the farm so mm-hmm. they've been they've been kind of leading me into some of their people 
So, uh, and <laughs> I've, uh, you know, I've, I've, I haven't done anything. I haven't done anything with anybody because, you know, I've, uh, I just, I just did, I just didn't want to, I didn't want to, I, I didn't believe really what was happening. <laughs> I wanted to believe it. But there has to be some big, uh, I mean, uh, Patrick, there has to be some big numbers floating around. Oh, well, yeah. I've, uh, uh, yeah, there's uh, several, mil- I've, I've, I've been offered, uh, uh, you know. Several million is several fair. Mi- several million dollars uh, with. Uh, but is this? Let me with, ask you a question, uh, Patrick. Like with the incentives, you right? Know? Let me but, ask. Let me ask you this, Patrick, because you've you've been around this game now for you know twenty years, however long, and and it, wait, wait, wait. How what? did you get Clark in on the horse when he said he'd never buy a horse? He convinced them. Well, we finally we we finally we finally wore him out. You know, Jimmy finally wore him out. <laughs> Well, let me let me ask you this, Patrick well, O'Keefe. You know, when when that all happened, I got the call from Brian and Jimmy. Jimmy knew Brian with uh, with Franco. You know, they Franco. Jimmy was the only person Franco would let in the bar, in the barn. Right. Uh, you know, that didn't work for him, and uh, they'd go to dinner every Sunday night. And uh, I got the call from Brian. Said he wanted to take this horse to New York. And I said, well, hell, okay, go ahead. I don't, you know, he said, I, I, otherwise I'm not going to, I'm going to be running my horses over there. So I get a call from him and he said, well, I got good news and bad news. Uh, we're in the race and uh, that's the good news. The bad news, we're running against the top trainers in the world. <laughs> I said, well, you're going to give the horse an inferiority complex, aren't you? And he said, you know, he said, well, he's doing everything I ask him to do, so we ought to run him. Uh, I had no idea this horse could do anything. I didn't even, I, I took my eye off the horse. I did you know, it's just, uh, you know, I have, I, it's just been, an, uh, I never, I, I never uh, got too, too interested until uh, he won by seven. <laughs> then all of a sudden you're very interested with a horse. Yeah, then, then, I, then, all right. know, then I'm back in the, I'm in the game again. Right. You know? So do you think yeah. do you think with all the offers do you think you'll have a deal done before the Kentucky Derby? <clears throat> well, I was going to get a I was going to get a deal done the other day. I was uh, talking with with some of the people. Uh, the biggest problem I've got with it is uh, <clears throat> they the horse the horse. I want, I want to, I want to see this next work. He's going to work in next week. I want to see that work, but you know, they're going to take that horse out of the barn. They got it. I know when they, if they're going to buy him, they're going to want to do a, uh, a, a full examination on the horse. Sure. I just don't want to take the horse out of his comfort level right now. I don't think, I think I'd like to maybe get this one out of the way. It ain't about the money to me anymore. Hell, I've, I've gone through it all anyhow. I wouldn't know what to do with it if I had it. Uh, so, I mean, it's it's nice. Any money I get just pays back my investors over 20 years. So I don't, I, I'm more interested in a place where this horse is going to land at the end of the day. Who's going to take care of him? Uh, you know? Yep. The horse comes first. You know, I'm at the point, I, I'm not running my ranch anymore, so I'm not in a position to take care of them. 
So I, I really want to see the horse with somebody that is tied into a an operation that can give them the best care. That's that's more important to me than anything right now. And well, that, that and that I've I've uh, explained that to Jimmy and I explained it to Cooper that uh, the horse has got to at the end of the day be with the right people. Makes a lot of sense. Patrick O'Keefe joining us on the owner's box. Couple more questions, Patrick, and then we'll let you go. I know you're very busy. What um what it's is the bluegrass next? Is that what I'm reading? Or what's the next race for Classic Causeway? It's well there's the bluegrass and then there's the Florida Derby. Uh they 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 wanna wait. I think Brian wants to wait till uh the bluegrass. Uh, Till this next work, he's going to work him. I think next Saturday, I believe it was. He's told me. Okay. And then uh, <laughs> after that work, we'll see how he came back, comes back, and then I think he's uh, going to make a decision. Um. All right. My final question is, like, you know, you've been through a lot. We've talked about it. The nightmare. Um. The fact that this horse is on the Derby Trail. How are last year? We had our good friend Bill Strauss on for the uh, Hot Rod Charlie experience, and Bill told us that he he never slept. Um. That he was just up every night, every morning, so excited going to every work. Are you getting any sleep, or are you just oh, are you overwrought with excitement? Uh, I'm too damn busy figuring out how to pay back my investors. <laughs> that's good that's good well listen we appreciate you coming on today we wish you all the best with classic causeway wherever he shows up you were due for a good horse you've got one here and uh we you know listen michelle and i if you know anybody who listens to this show we have good karma i'm knocking on wood for the past couple years so um we're gonna send that your way and hopefully we'll be at the derby and we'll be rooting you on well i'd like to meet you down there billy again it's been a long time you got he said, bring yeah. your pocketbook, Billy. What's that? He said, bring your pocketbook. No, he's going to have to bring no, his I pocketbook. Said, I said, I'd like, to, I'd like to meet you down no, there. He's, I he... haven't seen you in a long time. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm much fatter and much older. How does that? <laughs> we all are. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Patrick. We appreciate it. We'll talk all to right. you soon. That's Patrick O'Keefe here on the Owner's Box. Thanks, Patrick. All right. Michelle, thank you for doing that. That was great. That was fantastic. Have to uh, give kudos out to my father-in-law who actually had his phone number in his phone and uh, Brian Lynch for setting it up as well. Yeah, you know, it, it was, it's funny because he, he's been in the game for a long time. Listen, you'll hear a lot of stories like this where just nothing has gone right. And there's a certain amount of perseverance that comes with this game. Um a lot of times you'll hear people say, you know, you got to put your big pan- big boy pants on mm-hmm. because we've talked about this ad nauseum, Michelle. Uh, it is a game of a, a few highs that are so high and so much fun and so exciting, but there are a lot of lows. Um, right. And you have to be prepared and you have to have the, the, the intestinal fortitude to, to deal with this sport. Um, and thankfully... Uh, um, Patrick and, and Clark and, and Jimmy and all the people involved in Classic Causeway have, have endured, I'm sure, many, many of these highs and lows, and we're wishing them all the best. I think you'll agree. That was really cool, though, talking to him. I haven't seen yeah, him in a long cool. time. 
I forgot $7, about- $7,500 mare was their first purchase and she's gotten them to the Derby now. I forgot about that story. That was a crazy story. That horse was really good. Point Encounter was his name. Crazy. All right, Michelle, what else do we have? What do we have? I know you're packing and, and, and getting ready to leave. What do we have this weekend at uh, our favorite place, the Great Race Place, Santa Anita? At the Great Race Place coming up this weekend, we have, well, the whole week actually is roll-up blanket day. So if you are a Thoroughbred member, you can come and get your limited Santa Anita um, roll up blanket. And if you're not yet, you just go online or go stop by the thoroughbred center. If you're at the track, it's free to sign up. Um, also on Saturday, they're having this like major taco festival. Um, it's okay. Have you ever, so there's like a specific kind of tacos, right? That beat tacos. I don't know what that is. Did you say beat up? Beat like B I R R I A. Beat Okay, so it's like these like beef taco, like a shredded beef taco, and then they have like a hard shell, and you dip them in this like beef consomme. Whoa! So it comes in like a dipping sauce, and like you soak it, like you drench the whole thing in this like cup. Sounds amazing. Okay, so either way, so Saturday is like beeramania, um, <laughs> and for like thirty three bucks. I'm sure there's a discount actually. Oh, here you go. 33 bucks, but there's a 20% off coupon on top of that. Oh, nice. You can get four tacos, one beer, admission, program, seating, and a tip sheet. Beautiful. There's Sounds also fun. also going to be a live DJ. You get to fa- vote on your favorite taco, all that stuff. That sounds amazing. Right? It does. It sounds so fun. <laughs> uh, and for steaks action, we do have the Santa Ana steaks coming up on Saturday. That is a grade three event for fillies and mares going a mile and a quarter on the turf. You talk about cooking, Michelle. I'm obsessed with the Food Network. I watch all the cooking shows. And I'm not a good cook. I don't even know how to oh, cook. I'm a good cook and I like my, and Olivia loves to watch the kids baking championship. I heard that's amazing. And we have to pretend all the time that we're like when I make them breakfast, she's like, now tell me what you made. And I'm like, oh, this morning you have Mickey Mouse <laughs> waffles shaped or like make waffles shaped like Mickey Mouse with right. hand whipped cream in the ears and then a fresh chocolate hazelnut spread. Right. And, and then does she take a big bite and then rate it? And then she judges me. Yes. Yeah. That is so funny because I'm I'm obsessed. Like I, every night before I go to bed, it's now on. You know the, the the championships are right now, and I just I I I think it's fantastic what these people are able to do with food. You know what else I love, Billy, is um the 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 worst cooks in America. Yeah, some I, someone else watched that, and I I don't I've never seen that. I'm sorry. Oh, it's great. It's okay. they have these like teams of like people that literally can't even cook toast. <laughs> and um then they have like they get divide these two teams, they each have like a good chef mentor and like each week the chef teaches them like, Okay, today we're gonna learn how to make toast. Oh and I then like that. Then so like the chef teaches you how to make toast and all these people write down these like crazy notes and then they're like, Okay, make toast and then you just watch these people completely fall apart. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds interesting. All right. I'm sure no one wants to listen to this. Uh, special thanks to uh, Patrick O'Keefe for coming on today. Michelle, have a great trip uh, to Dubai. I know you'll you'll be amazing. I'll be watching you. Um, good you. luck to all the U.S. participants. And uh, special thanks to our sponsors, uh, TaylorMade Stallions and Santa Anita and Del Mar. Uh, we are part of the In the Money Media Network. And uh, we're, we really enjoyed doing the show. We missed last week because I was at the uh, OBS sale, Michelle. We didn't even talk about that. Do you want to mention something about that? It was just the OBS sale. And oh. then now there's another OBS sale and the catalog's already out. No, the facing sale is coming up. I'm going to that. 
Oh, that's in March, right? That's or, at the yeah. They moved that. When's it, the no, phasic sale? Phasic sales uh, March thirtieth. Okay, so hold on. So there's the digital sale that's yeah. going on right now, yeah. right? So there's the March digital select sale, and then there's the Gulfstream sale March thirtieth, yes. yes. and then there's April OBS. Yeah, you sound down on the sales. Why is that? No, I'm not. There's okay. just so like I feel like. I feel like we all like look forward to Keeneland because there hasn't been a sale in a long time, right? What and like, it? yeah. And then we have phasing in in October, right? But like right now, during this three months, I feel like there's so many sales. I mean, literally, there was an OBS sale this week, and there's another one coming up next month. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's fun. It's fun to be there, find, trying to find the next champion. So uh, anyway, we went totally on a tangent, Michelle. Great. Have a great trip. We'll talk uh, hopefully next week. Sounds great. See you, everybody. Bye.